Hello. Hi there. Welcome to the Guiding Voice podcast series. The Guiding Voice for a better future. This podcast is to help professional students, IT employees and entrepreneurs to shape their careers. Dear listeners, in every episode, we interact with industry experts or academicians or leaders or coaches across the globe to drive some insightful conversations that will help our audience learn great things. Also, we share an interesting trivia or a fun fact about the IT world or technology towards the end. Thank you for tuning in. This is Naveen and with my co-host Sudhakar. So folks, many a times, irrespective of what level of experience that you have, we are often scared about something. And do you know what that something is? Probably an interview. Irrespective of how senior level you are, irrespective of what position that you hold, the moment you come across this word interview, probably it creates some sort of nervousness, some sort of creates butterflies in the stomach, so on and so forth. And especially when you are attending interview along with few other co-applicants, then it might also lead to some sort of peer pressure. So today we have picked an interesting topic about cracking interviews while dealing with the peer pressure. And we are pleased to welcome Nidhi to our show. Nidhi Belani is the founder of Success Talks, a coaching academy for candidates who want to improve their interview skills so that they can find their dream jobs. In her previous life, Nidhi was a cabin crew with Singapore Airlines for over 10 years. And during this time, she has picked up relevant and powerful skills. Nidhi was also assigned the role of a trainer to train the best candidates and also was involved in the recruitment process to pick amongst the hundreds that apply to be a part of Singapore Airlines. Nidhi, welcome to our show. Great. Thank you so much, Naveen and Sudhakar. It's a pleasure to be on the show today. And uh, before we start, I do have to say that I'm in love with the name that you guys have for your podcast, <laughs> The Guiding Voice. I think it's a very good name, very wisely selected. Immediately got my attention for sure. So thank you once again for having me on the show. Thank you, Nidhi. Thank you for taking time. And we are looking forward to the great conversation that we are about to embark. So Nidhi, we know you worked as a cabin crew. But can we talk briefly about your overall career journey and how your current venture, your success talks came into the shape? Sure. So yeah, that's going to take a little bit of a while for me to tell you. <laughs> I actually started working when I was 17. My husband thinks I'm a workaholic and I like to think that's a great thing. I started working with Vipro and I was a communications trainer back in India. So in 2007, I got an opportunity to uh, become a cabin crew with Singapore Airlines, something that I've never thought of doing. But my sister, who used to be a cabin crew with Air India, and she's still actually a cabin crew with Air India, was the one who actually pushed me to try out this venture. And uh, yeah, that got me to Singapore in 2007. But then, you know, I was just telling Naveen uh, Sudhakar earlier that uh, uh, once a trainer, you're always a trainer. <laughs> you're always a facilitator because, you know, you have that coaching spirit inside of you. So I flew as a flight stewardess for four years. And then, you know, I decided to join the training team with Singapore Airlines. I was very fortunate at that point in time that they gave me this opportunity because when I applied to become a trainer with Singapore Airlines, actually, they only used to allow the leading stewards and above. So if you're a supervisory crew only, then you can become a trainer. But then I told them that, you know, I'm really good at this. Just give me a chance <laughs> and, you know, let me prove myself. So they put me through the interview process and then 
you know, I got selected and I started training with Singapore Airlines. So I used to train on uh, safety, security, customer service. We used to do dry runs, bed runs, a lot of different stuff, cultural uh, training and things like that. And then along the way, I got my supervisory position. I became a leading stewardess. Uh, I was training at the same time. I used to do a lot of things with Singapore Airlines. Actually, uh, my colleagues back <laughs> in Singapore Airlines used to say I should actually find a home in the training center because I used to be there all the time. <laughs> yeah, but eventually in 2017, my flying career came to an end and that's because uh, I actually broke my tailbone on one of the flights so you know I couldn't possibly fly for longer <laughs> durations and then I met my husband who was okay to marry someone with a broken tailbone so I was like yes let's set the deal and uh, yeah so that's how Singapore Airlines and flying career came to an end but then I always knew that I wanted to do training I always wanted to be part of a coaching team and then I decided why not I start my own coaching academy and that's when I decided to focus on this particular niche because I realized there were a lot of people out there who were doing trainings but there was no one in the space where people were guiding cabin crew aspirants and there were a lot of them out there globally who really wanted to become cabin crew. So I started my uh, coaching in 2017 by actually guiding cabin crew aspirants to clear their interviews. And that's how the YouTube channel came about from the education perspective. That's how the Instagram and Facebook and everything came about. You know, along the way we realized that people who come for our coaching don't just clear cabin crew interviews, they actually end up clearing regular interviews as well because the kind of skills that we impart in our coaching is very valuable from that perspective. So that's how the whole name interview specialist came about and I decided to be an interview specialist where I can help people to actually you know achieve their uh, dream by getting through the interview process which as Naveen just mentioned is one of uh, the most nerve-wracking things for most people uh, regardless of whether you have the experience or your pressure so so that's how the whole success talks uh, and the coaching academy in Singapore came about. Wow, that's an illustrious and inspiring story in itself you got there, Nidhi. Starting from flight stewardess to trainer with the workaholic car. I would want to call that as passionate about what you want, <laughs> what you do. Ending up with uh, setting up a coaching academy, not only for cabin crew, but also for everyone. And like Naveen mentioned, this is something that is evergreen, right? Even if you are an executive president and you want to appear for a CEO position, I'm sure in the initial first two questions, you there will be some butterflies and there will be some nerve-wracking situations. So uh, I'm really glad that, you know, we are having this conversation and our audience are going to love every aspect of it. Absolutely. So Nidhi, why do you think people generally fail in these interviews? Well, that's a really interesting question. And and of course, something that usually people ask me all the time. So currently, I do have a community of close to 50,000 people who follow me on social media platforms, including, you know, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. And and this is the first thing that everyone asked me, you know, uh, I went for the interview and then I failed. Can you tell me what went wrong? How can I actually improve myself? So I'm going to give a very generic answer at this point in time. This is something which is very personal to everyone because, you know, why one person fails in an interview is very different in comparison to why someone else will fail in the same interviews. It's a very personal uh, process. But then uh, just to keep it very, very uh, general for everyone here, I'm actually going to break it down into three aspects. I'm going to talk about before the interview. <laughs> I'm going to talk about during the interview. And I'm going to also 
put a little bit of perspective on what do you do after the interview just to you know put put a little bit of perspective on what could be done if you want to succeed in your next interview you know so when we go for interviews as you said you know this is important for everyone one of the most important things that most people don't really focus on is that they treat every interview as the same interview which means that you know when for example for for my students uh, when they go for different airline interviews so if, if you're going for Qatar Airways or if you're going for Singapore Airlines or if you're going for Air Asia or if you're going for Vistara for them they actually think of the interview process as the same because it's just another job interview they don't really focus that this is a job interview for Qatar Airways this is a job interview for Singapore Airlines this is a job interview for Vistara so that is one of the most important things that people fail to realize that your preparation has to be based on what you really want to achieve where do you want to be so if you want to be a cabin crew with Qatar Airways you have to prepare yourself accordingly so your research really really plays an important role so so that's one of the things that people don't work on especially before the interview and one of the other things which i feel is really really important is the preparation so research is part of preparation but also practice is part of preparation so you know obviously when you're going for an interview you would know probably based on on the skill set that you're required to have you would have certain set of questions that you would be asked right now the focus is so much on practicing those questions and giving answers to those questions but the focus is never on the feedback so what i mean to say here is that you prepare and you practice but without the proper feedback so you know as they say you can keep doing the wrong thing the thousand times <laughs> and when you do it probably the next time after the thousand times you will probably end up doing it the wrong again so so that's another thing that people don't focus on they don't they focus on getting the right feedback from the right people from the industry experts so they keep practicing their answers their answers without knowing whether they're actually answering correctly whether they're on, on the right uh, path so that is basically what i would say is one of the reasons before the interview itself when people actually fail so so you're not really preparing yourself you know correctly uh, now let's dive deep a little bit uh, during the interview process so for me actually there are uh, three things that i would like to highlight that goes wrong especially when you're in the interview process and and that's where i think uh, what navin mentioned does play a little bit of part the peer pressure that comes in right because you know once you get there as much as you know that you're the right person for this job when you see everyone around you suddenly you feel like oh my god everyone is like so much better than i am and then you suddenly don't believe in yourself and you start questioning every single thing you know maybe my teeth is not correct so this is one question that i used to get all the time you know especially for cabin crew that you know my skin is not good my teeth is not good this and that and i don't know whether i can clear the interview and i tell people all the time and you know if you're going to use this later as a video you could do that i keep showing people my lower teeth and i keep telling them look at my teeth <laughs> you know they're not in the best aligned uh, position but i still made it and i'm a, i was a trainer i was a recruiter so if i could do it you could do it too so so that's the first thing people actually stop believing in themselves because of the peer pressure they they see the second thing is people don't really know how to deal with these fears the right way you know a lot of times when you go to the interview people will tell you don't be nervous don't be nervous but honestly if you ask me i tell my candidates please be nervous you've got to be nervous you know but you've got to understand how to deal with that nervousness because if you're not going to be nervous you're going to be overconfident and you don't want to do that but you've got to know how to deal with it the right way and and last is for most people uh, an interview is a Q&A session like for now you know this is like an interview right you're asking me a question and I'm answering so for most people it becomes like a Q&A session we just focus on answering questions we don't focus on building rapport we don't focus on saying things that the interviewers would want to listen or probably something that would make them engage in having a conversation with us. So as small as you know saying something in the end that would probably make the person that you're talking to ask you the question that you want them to ask. 
you know, like a leading question and things like that. So that is something that people don't focus on during the interview. So those, those would be the three things that I would say plays a major role as to why people fail in interviews. And of course, when, it, when we talk about the after part of it is again, back to basics, you know, you come back from an interview, you don't know what went wrong. You don't know who to reach out to get to get the right feedback. And you just keep practicing this, the wrong thing again and again, and you keep going through the loop. So you practice the wrong thing, you go back in an interview, you do the wrong thing, and then, <laughs> you know, it follows suit. So that's what I believe is like a loop that people go through when they actually fail in interviews and they progressively keep filling in interviews. I'm done. So Nidhi, wonderful observations and you covered the aspects of uh, not customizing the answers to a particular airline or when someone is giving an interview with a particular company, they are going with the same mindset. So that is one observation. And other than that, you also mentioned about focusing on the body language aspect and all. So these are all something which are uh, things not going well. But now I'll, let me flip the question a little bit and talk about what are certain scenarios wherein you were really impressed by the candidates where they did perfectly well or amazingly well. Yeah, I, I think here would be a best time to maybe share some of uh, the experiences from my students who actually cleared the interviews uh, rather than falling back on my personal experiences back from you know recruitment because it's been a long time <laughs> that I have been in an interview room taking interviews but I do have a lot of my students who come back and share a lot of their experiences. So let me start off with one of the examples. So, you know, Singapore Airlines is famously known for not taking people who are older in age. Okay, uh, like they usually like, like to take people who are younger in age. But I uh, do have a student who actually cleared the interview and uh, this is his, I think, second or third try. And uh, he was 31 years old. So it's, it's quite a quite an impressive thing to be able to do that, especially for a male candidate uh, to be able to clear that interview at that particular age. And uh, basically what he shared with me when he came back was he was just having an impromptu conversation with the interviewers you know a lot of times interviewers tend to ask you impromptu questions because they just want to gauge your communication skills you know when you have to do some sort of conversation with people how would you actually like respond and uh, a lot of people actually think too much about it you know they, they dive so deep into it thinking oh my god if I say this is going to be wrong if I say that it's going to be wrong so he was just having impromptu conversations and that is something that I teach as part of visualization technique to my students as to how you can have impromptu conversations so, so that that was a very outstanding thing that uh, really helped him clear his interview. Another actually student shared with me that after failing quite a number of times, so this person is 26 years old and he applied for Qatar Airways. And, uh, you know, after failing a couple of times with domestic airlines, I decided to go international. This was his first time trying for international airlines. And, you know, from the start, like even before he was getting into the interview, he, he told me, you know what, I'm going to come back and tell you that I made it. <laughs> so you just wait for my call and I'm going to come back and tell you that I made it. So that's the call that you should wait for. So that's the kind of belief that he or she has, he had in, in himself, you know, that made him really stand out. So going back to your question, Naveen, when a candidate is a star candidate is when they actually give you everything that you want to see in a package, especially that, that first impression, how you're building rapport with your body language. How are you actually building rapport with your style of communication? How are you actually going out of your way to engage with your interviewers? How are you impressing me with your personality? How are you actually not just, you know, making it like an interview session, but actually an interactive session at the end of the day? So all those small key things really play a huge role to spot that star candidate amongst everyone else. 
excellent nidhi so the first impression engagement packaging and self confidence are the four things that you talked about so in the interview in the initial introduction navin talked about one component of peer pressure especially you are going for mass recruitment drives so how to handle peer pressure in this mass recruitment drives that happen because unlike the one on one sessions in these you always compare yourself with the person sitting next to you hey he has better smile hey she has better accent hey the opposite person seems to be more confident so how to take care of this peer pressure that's a really good question and and uh, something that i love to cover in my coaching classes because one thing which i, I think it's it's very personal as well because when you dive a little bit deeper i'm actually an nlp coach as well so when we dive into fears we we become very very personal as to how to deal with certain fears but going back to generically answering this question in fact i've made a video of this recently which is on my youtube where i've talked about a five step process as to how you can actually handle peer pressure especially when it comes to mass hiring and um, the first step in that process is preparation right uh, the one that i was talking about but preparation with the right feedback so you've got to prepare the right way with the right feedback that is really really important otherwise you're just going to be doing the wrong thing over and over again so so that's the first thing the second thing is again uh, believing in yourself which is just knowing that there is more right with you than there is more wrong with you a lot of people just focus on you know there is more wrong with me uh, why not just focus on the fact that there is more right with me i'm an individual person i have an, i have a unique personality i have a unique identity. entity just focusing on that itself really makes a huge huge difference and third which is one of my favorite you know a lot of people compare themselves as, as you just mentioned sudhakar they compare with people on their right and, and to their left so a lot of people compare for the purpose of self evaluation what i suggest people to do is to compare for the purpose of self enhancement So just stop evaluating yourself from that perspective. If someone is wearing something that looks great, I'm going to walk up to that person, I'm going to ask that person, "Where did you get that from? Maybe I want to wear it in my next interview." <laughs> Instead of actually focusing on, "Hey, you look better than me. I should have done that." That's okay. Done and dusted. Move on and then go and find out and you know self enhance yourself instead of self evaluating yourself. So that's the purpose of comparison. And of course, uh, feeding yourself with positive thoughts is really really important. So, so you know, as part of our coaching, we we do this thing called anchoring, which is a, a component of neurolinguistic programming. You can anchor yourself to feel a certain way based on how you program your subconscious. Have you guys heard of anchoring before by the way? Have you guys have heard of NLP and anchoring before? NLP yeah the use of uh, you know psychology with uh, strategy and technique which drives the positive result right yes so in a layman language neurolinguistic programming is is actually uh, training your subconscious to work for you on a conscious level So you know, neuro brain language, linguistic language, and programming is basically how you program your subconscious. So there are a lot of techniques that we could incorporate to train your subconscious to work for you in, in a certain way. Uh, you know, as as simple as when we start driving. You know, we we're so focused on when to press the accelerator and when to press the brake. But after six months, we can actually multitask. We can take a phone call. We can press the accelerator. We can press the brake, and we don't even you know have to think twice about it. So you're you're basically programming your subconscious, and that is NLP. So you could actually influence your subconscious using certain techniques, and anchoring is one of them. So you can anchor uh, yourself to feel a certain way with a sense of touch, with a sense of smell, with a sense of hearing, 
or a sense of sight and things like that. So one of the things that we do with our students is basically to advise them to wear a certain perfume, you know, when they're actually uh, in an interview and they just don't wear it on the day of the interview, but they have to start wearing it before the interview and they have to, you know, start associating that perfume with positive thoughts. So every time they feel positive, every time they're in a, in a place where they feel positive, they feel great, they're basically wearing that perfume and, and that kind of builds on that experience. So uh, when you're in an interview and you're wearing that perfume, you actually suddenly get into that zone where you feel really, really good about yourself. You feel really positive. Our sense of touch. You know, sometimes when you're really nervous, I tell my students to touch yourself in a certain way. Like I do this, I have a habit of doing this. So this is like my confidence touch. So when I do this, this basically sparks like a confidence sort of thing in me. So this is like anchoring yourself to touch yourself in a certain way, but you have to base it on experiences. So that's anchoring. That is something that we teach our students to feel positive, especially when they're really feeling nervous. And I think last and the most important thing is just focusing on your key skills and also, you know, just taking note of all your achievements because a lot of times, freshers especially who come to me and they tell me, I don't have any work experience. How am I supposed to, you know, compete with someone who has work experience? And that's the first thing that I tell them. You know, I tell them, I, and that's the question that I ask them. I ask them, what's your age? And most people will tell me, like, you know, 19, 20, 21. So I'll be like, uh, right there is 15 years of life experience. So you're telling me that in the last 15 years, you never actually negotiated anything with your parents. <laughs> you're telling me in the last 15 years, you never influenced your parents to get you what you wanted. In the last 15 years, you never made a decision. You know, these are some of the key skills that we need most of the times, basic key skills that we need when we go for interviews. And right there, people don't fall back on those. Your, your life experiences are your work experiences, just that you have to dig in a little bit deeper and, you know, find your own achievements. And, and that is the database that you need to have when you're going for, the, for those interviews. So those are the five things that I would recommend to focus on to deal with that peer pressure when you're at the interview. Those are amazing tips, Nidhi. One thing that really stuck to my mind is about self-enhancement and thinking positively about self, not worrying about what others are going to think about it and also training our subconscious so that we are trying to induce the positive thoughts all the time. Great conversation. So we have been having very serious conversations so far. I would like to add some fun to this. And are you ready for a quick rapid sure. fire round where I'm going to ask you a few questions and you can crisply answer them. Alright, so let me fire the very first bullet. Where would you go from a Doraemon's magic door? Definitely to pre-COVID times. That's where I want to go back to. <laughs> yeah, that's a very creative answer. So going to the second one very quickly. So if you are given 10 million dollars, how would you spend them in a day? That's a lot of money. <laughs> oh, wow. I would spend it on a lot of different things. And I, I think one of the first things that would probably come to me is to work with some sort of orphanage and dog charity, because that is something that I feel really, really closely related to. I always wanted to build an orphanage and, you know, get people who can't really, you know, don't have parents and things like that, or who just wanted education and things like that. So that's something that I would definitely work towards. And dogs, yes. The love of my life is my dog, Hibiki. Uh, so I, I would definitely want to work with some sort of dog charity. The rest, I think I'll plan it along the way. I think my mom is a better financial planner. Maybe I'm, I'm going to get her <laughs> to work with the rest of the money to figure out what we should do with it. <laughs> Here comes the next one. What is the best gift that you have ever given to someone? I would like to think unconditional love. I'm someone who believes in the concept of unconditional love. And um, I do that to my family. And I, I do that to my community, to my Insta followers, to you know my YouTube followers who 
people ask me questions. There's so many times people ask me so many questions and you know sometimes people are going for interviews and they don't have the time to actually hop on uh, to the coaching class because you know coaching class obviously takes time and effort and you know sometimes they reach out to me saying that they have an interview next day. So I'm I'm quite open to actually sharing tips and even though I could just as simply say go watch my YouTube videos but I'll take time out to actually you know interact with them to ask them what's the interview and you know if I could share some tips so that they could be a little bit personal to them so that they could actually clear their interview. So I think that is something that I feel is the best gift that I give. Wonderful. Moving on, what's your take on a 4-day work week? I think for the hack fall back on what I was just saying earlier. I believe in 7 days <laughs> work a week. I am a workaholic. I love working. If given a choice I want to work 7 days a week. I I don't think people should work 4 days a week. <laughs> it's a waste of time. <laughs> so so it's a wrong question to give. <laughs> All right, moving on to the next one. This question I think it's very tricky one for a ex cabin crew member. Do you go for a branded product or look for value for money? both and for me i think uh, the choice was a little bit simple so anything over here is branded anything below here wasn't branded <laughs> so my shoes are usually <laughs> not branded but my handbags are branded so most of the makeup stuff that i put what goes on my hair you know my jewelry is usually branded but yeah anything that's at the bottom is not really branded because mostly people see what's at the top so so that's where i make the first impression <laughs> wonderful again one more uh, dose of creativity so one last question for this rapid fire round do you think there are intelligent aliens in our galaxy you know i'll be really honest and this is what i feel anybody who dares to be different is considered an alien in our community these days but again it's it's very perspective because some aliens are intelligent and some aren't <laughs> so if you dare to be different just you know do it i i think in a more intelligent manner and and that's what i would say to that question but but yeah anybody who dares to be different i feel is an alien <laughs> these days amazing nidhi after that quick rapid fire discussion one final question for this session what is your one piece of advice to those aspiring to make big in their careers from you know the things that i've mentioned about believing in yourself and you know practicing with the right feedback and and all the other things that we've talked about there's just one practical tip that i want to share with everyone which i feel especially from an interview perspective is very very necessary and this is one step that we miss out all the time whenever you are preparing for your interview and and i believe that question is pertaining to the interviews with hackers so that's why i'm answering that question from that perspective get yourself a checklist checklist on anything that you want to work with because people start working on things without knowing what they want to work on you know we will start working on our grooming we will start working on our communication skills we will start working on this we will start working on that but we don't really know what are we working on so this is one thing that i work with all the times and i do have a checklist on my website if you know if anybody wants to go and find out it's called ace your interview checklist it's like a basic checklist for anybody who wants to ace their interviews which incorporates things that you should fall back on to begin with uh, so that is one thing that you should do so i have a checklist for every single thing that you want to work on and not just like a broad checklist but small checklist for everything and that really keeps you in check when it comes to your progress when you're preparing for your interviews uh, so, so that would be my one piece of advice apart from everything else that I've advised earlier excellent so for the benefit of our audience in our interview script you will find all the links pertaining to the checklist that uh, nidhi has referred in this whole conversation 
please follow our YouTube channel where we will be sharing all these details. So, Nidhi, it was an amazing discussion, passionate, full of power. And, you know, a couple of things that I will remember for long. One, ensure that you have that anchoring. So, have that positive thoughts. And I really learned something that it can be even a DO or even a touch. Second thing, focus on key skills. Third thing, believe in yourself. And the most important thing that you gave in one word, create a checklist at least that will give you directionally where you are going what you are racing against thank you for that amazing conversation on cracking interviews and dealing the peer pressure especially in mass recruitment drives we really appreciate you taking time for us and our audience are going to love this conversation and are going to immensely get benefited with all the knowledge that you shared thank you Great. Thank you once again. And vice versa. I mean, I did go to through through a couple of videos on your podcast and I did listen to them. And I think there there is amazing industry experts who've shared their knowledge. So thank you for creating the platform where people can actually come and share their knowledge and you know, from there they could reach out to masses. So so yeah, that's that's a great work out there for both Sudhakar and Naveen. And thank you once again for having me on your platform. Actually, there's one more thing that I wanted to thank you for. Thanks. Naveen wasn't here earlier. I just wanted to say thank you to to both of you to, you know, uh, hearing to my interns because I believe it was not a direct conversation. My interns reach out to you. And this is a small project and a challenge that I was running for my interns that I wanted to develop their confidence in people's skills. And that's why we asked them to reach out to different people who are, you know, uh, doing podcasts and see if they can converse with them and see how they can actually, you know, uh, get us uh, to do this podcast together. So, so I really appreciate that you actually, you know, gave them an opportunity. It really, really did boost their confidence and, you know, uh, instill a lot of belief in themselves that, you know, they can actually reach out to people and have that kind of people skills. That, that's something that we need when it comes to interviews. So, so that's what, one of the challenges that we were running. So thank you once again for entertaining them. You're welcome. And thanks for being part of uh, the Guiding Voice purpose of shaping lives and careers of millions across the globe. Thanks once again. And folks, if you have liked this episode, please share with at least three of your friends or colleagues for whom you care for. Because the Guiding Voice podcast series is a purely not-for-profit venture and our team puts in a lot of effort to bring the best conversations to all our listeners. And our purpose is very clear. We want to provide curated guidance to all the professional students out there, be it from engineering, B-schools, and all the IT employees and entrepreneurs, so that all of you can make informed decisions based on the insights that are driven by the industry experts, coaches, leaders, or academicians across the globe. Because if you share this with your friends, it helps them also learn great insights from every episode. Or if you are listening to the Guiding Voice podcast on the Apple podcast, please do not forget to leave a review and a five-star rating because every rating will help us expand our reach and contribute to our mission to shape the careers and lives of millions of people across the globe. And if you are watching the episode on YouTube, please do not forget to hit the like button and subscribe to our channel. And last but not the least, I want to reiterate, please share with at least three of your friends or colleagues. Thank you so much in advance. Alright, so it brings us to the trivia segment of today's episode. And today's trivia is about QWERTY keyboard. QWERTY is one of the most popular keyboard models that is available in the market today. And the question for today's episode is, do you know the largest word that can be typed using a single top row of a QWERTY keyboard. So folks, I know you have started thinking, but as per the ritual, let me reveal the answer. 
the largest word that can be written by using a single top row of a traditional qwerty keyboard is type writer and some believe that it's the inventor christopher scholes did it purposefully to demonstrate something the significance of typewriter interesting isn't it thank you for listening there is more in store folks stay tuned take care be safe until next time bye bye and we are signing off for today